Praise the name of the Lord. All right, I want you to open your Bible today, if you would, to Ephesians chapter number one. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a little introduction here, but we'll get there in just a moment. But Ephesians chapter one, and when this is Palm Sunday, and I'll tell you why I'm in Ephesians chapter one in just a, just a moment here. Ephesians chapter one, and I wanna tell you a story uh, I want to tell you a funny story that happened to me this week, and it's going to relate into the message. We know this is Palm Sunday. This is the day that Jesus rode into Jerusalem. This is the day that they were crying, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We know that on that Monday, and Monday or so, he turns over the money changers, cleanses the temple on that Monday. He curses the fig tree. He washes the feet of the disciples of course, he has the Last Supper with his disciples. And uh, let me mention to you, please, that on Friday, we, we want to have communion together. In your Passion Week at Home bag, there is a communion cup for your family. We want you to join us live online. We'll be getting that, that to you. So we want, want to do that together as much as possible. If you can get online with us. And we know that on that Friday, they placed Jesus on the cross. We know that on the cross, he took our sins. They placed him in the tomb. And on that Sunday, early Sunday morning, the day of resurrection. Remember that. The Sunday's always the day of resurrection. And he rose. And so that's, that's Passion Week. Today is Palm Sunday. And the Lord put some things in my heart that I want to share with you today. But I want to share with you a personal funny story and that, that will get us into the message today. And, and that's this. I don't know about you. Well, I think I do know about you. And that is that we're all stir crazy inside this Corona thing and we're stay at home. I mean, you can just stay in, uh, inside so much. And so I'm, I'm stir crazy. And I think you could say the same thing. I want to go out and do something. Well, Pastor Reese came over to my house this week and we were talking and Here's what, here's what I said to Pastor Reese. I said, Pastor Reese, I'm, I'm so stir crazy. I'd love to go golfing. I said, here's what I said. I wish I had a, a, a hitting net, a golfing net. And some of you that don't golf, basically that's a, a portable net. It's about you know, eight feet wide and nine feet tall. It sets on a frame and you can, you can hit golf balls into it. So you, know, you won't hit golf balls through your neighbor's you know, kitchen window. That'd probably be neighborly. But so, uh, so I said that to Pastor Reese. I said, I, I, I really wish I had a golf hitting net. And, and the next statement from him was, you have one. And I said, what do you mean I have one? I don't have one. You have one. I said, what are you talking about? I said, no, I know I have a small little chipping net. It's about this big around. You just chip, chip golf balls into it. He said, no, you have a big hitting net. I said, what are you talking about? He said, we bought it for you last Father's Day. It's in your garage. I said, what are you So I went out into my garage and up under the table was a box that had never been opened. And let me tell you what happened. I started getting excited. I started getting excited. Because I thought it's Corona, it's Christmas during Corona right here. It's Christmas during coronavirus. I tore into that thing. I opened that thing up. Oh, let me tell you. Let, now, I'm a, now, here's what I want to do. You need to tune in right now. 
I want to show you two little videos of Pastor Charles at home. Now, look at these two videos right here. This is me in my back patio hitting into my new net. If you'd show this, guys, real quick here. Here's Brother Charles. Check this out. Watch this. Now, play that again. Do that again. I'm going to tell you, let me, let me give you the interpretation of this. Take that, devil! That's what it means. Now, show the second video. Here's the a, here's a second video right here. Now, here's it. Oh, slow motion. Check it out. It's probably a terrible swing. But this last part, I want you to hear this last part. Slow motion. Here's Pastor hitting into the net. Listen. That right there was the devil's head exploding. So, thank, thank you, guys. Here's the, now, listen. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing, last Father's Day, my family bought me a golf hitting net, hadn't been enjoying it, and I was sitting here during Corona Plague, and I'm sitting at home, and I'm stir crazy, and let me tell you something funny I did. I'm going to get to the sermon. In fact, this is part of the sermon, so just hold on. So here's what I did. Before Pastor Reese came over and I said that to him, I wish I had a hitting net, I'm embarrassed. I might, I'm not, I almost don't even want to tell you this. So here I am sitting at my desk. And I told my wife, I said, I really wish I had a hitting net. And I went into Amazon and I, I found a net and I put it in the box, the, the, the cart. And I put it in the cart to buy it. And I thought, nah, I don't want to buy it. I don't want to spend the money right now. And I, and I now don't laugh because you've done the same thing. And I threw it away. I did it three times, three times. I put it in the car and I, oh, you know, it's like, and I threw it away. And then Pastor Reese comes over and I said, I wish I had a net. And he says, you have one. It was the exact net that was in my garage in the box. And you know what? As embarrassing as that is for me, the Lord spoke to my heart. And in my heart, I felt this. That's how a lot of my people are. Right? Guys, amen? Amen? We're sitting around, oh, I wish I had the blessing of the Lord. I wish I had the blessing of the Lord. I wish I had this blessing, and I wish I had that blessing. And you're like me. You're sitting there wishing you had the blessing. And I want to, listen, I want to bring you a word from the Lord today. You have it. You have it. You have it in Jesus' name. You say, what do, you, what do I mean? I, you like me with Pastor, Pastor Reese. What do you mean I have it, Pastor Reese? Can I tell you this? Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to this world 2,000 years ago. And at about 33 and a half years of age, he rode into Jerusalem. And he rode there. Not, you know, They celebrated him, but it wasn't real celebration. Because those same people were going to place him on the cross. And listen to me. On the cross, he died for you and I. Why did he die for us? He didn't die for us to sit around and say, I wish this and I wish that. He, listen, he died for us so that you and I could experience the blessings of the Lord. Paid for 2,000 years ago. Now think about it. For almost a year, I could have enjoyed something that had already been paid for. The money had already been put 
on the table. They had already paid it. They purchased it. They even brought it to me. They presented it to me. And what did I do with it? I shoved it in the garage and completely forgot about it. How many of you have forgotten about the blessing of the Lord? How many of you, you're watching Fox, you're watching CNN, you're, you're reading the internet, you're reading the news, Corona this, and, and I know it's difficult, I'm not making light of it, and, and, but you know what? We need to remember what the Lord has done. Listen, not what he's going to do, what he's already done. He has purchased the blessings of God for us. You need to unpack them. We need to walk in these things. Oh, praise the Lord. Now, you saw my video. Some of you think, Pastor, he's not at home studying and praying. He's hitting into a crazy net. No, I'm, 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 uh, I'm pr praying too, I promise. I want you to think about this. These blessings, and we're going to look at some of the blessings of the Lord today. And I hope, you, I hope you'll read with me. This will be on the screen in just a moment here. But these are blessings that have already been purchased. Now, now think about it again. Just focus in here with me, please. Jesus did not go through Passion Week and suffer as he did for us to sit around and just wish we had the blessings of God. He wants us to enter into them. Listen, paid for blessings. I want to talk about the special blessing. You know, in Romans it says this. It says, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How will he not freely give us all things? All things. And, and the Amplified, the ampli it's going to get loud in here. The Amplified of this says it a little bit differently. And that may be on the screen there. Appreciate our video, guys. But he says, the Lord says here, it says, how will he not freely give us all? It says, Will he not also with him freely and graciously, graciously give us all other things? The Lord's going to give us everything we need to fulfill his will. Now, it's, not, it's not our little wish list, but it's everything that he's promised to give us. Everything that is good and pleasant comes from the Father above. God has blessings in store for us. They've already been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. Can I hear an amen? I, I say it so loud that pastor can hear it here at the church. Now, look, I want you to go with me to Ephesians chapter 1. And I want to look at this because these are paid for blessings. Jesus hung on the cross. Why did he hang on the cross? He, hang on the cro he hung on the cross that we could know his special blessings. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. Now, notice with me some special things here. I just want to read. I, I, you know, I just maybe I don't even know if this is a sermon today. This may just be Holy Ghost commentary today, but I want to, I want the Word of God to get into you today. Now, notice with me in Ephesians one these paid for blessings. There's some special things. First thing we have is a very special messenger. Verse one, Ephesians one and one. This will be on your screen. And Paul, Paul, an apostle. Notice in the Amplified, a special messenger of Christ Jesus the Messiah. By the divine will, the purpose, and the choice of God. God chose, chose Paul. To the saints, the consecrated, the set-apart ones at Ephesus, who are also faithful and loyal and steadfast in Christ Jesus. Let's focus on this. Paul was a special messenger of Jesus Christ. Paul was called by God to do a special work. In fact, you and I, Gentiles, are reached with this gospel because of Paul. 
Paul could have gone east, but he went west across the Aegean Sea. And the gospel eventually got to us. Somebody shout amen. But the apostle Paul was called supernaturally on the Damascus Road. And, and you know, it's interesting that there are some, uh, what, what I would call generals in the kingdom of God. There are, there are people that God has specially anointed to use in a broader and a greater way in the kingdom of God. Paul was one of those awesome and great generals. He, he is, ble- I mean, Paul has blessed the, 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 the work of God so much, and of course, the Lord did it through him, but we have probably ha- almost half the New Testament, depending on how you count it, half the New Testament, because Paul was a unique and a special vessel. There's some great vessels, and we need to praise God for those great generals that are on the front lines of the work of God. We need to pray for them. And notice what Paul did. God gave Paul this special messenger. You know, if you're a special messenger, you have to have a message. You don't just go out, but you go. The, God send his, sends his special messengers with a special message. And, and what, what, what it is, it's the gospel. God gave Paul the mystery, it said. The mystery. Calls it the mystery in the New Testament. The mystery of the gospel. And we have this incredible treasure from this special messenger of Jesus Christ, the Apostle Paul. And I think in our world today, listen, there's other marvelous messengers. There's other great messengers of God that we need to pray for these great men of God because we're on the same team, whoever they are. Pray for them. But I I noticed this in the word of God that, and I've noticed it in life too, those who are God's special messengers You know, there's people that, oh, I want to be used of God like Paul. I want to be used of God like this and that great ministry. You know what I've noticed? Every single time, great special messengers also have great trials and great storms and great difficulties. So you be be careful what you hope for. But we see here in Ephesians a special messenger. But in verse 1, we also see a special group of people of which we're part of. Look at the latter part of verse 1. We'll look at it again. It says, to the saints and the consecrated set-apart ones at Ephesus who are also faithful and loyal and steadfast in Christ Jesus. So what Paul is showing us here, what the Holy Spirit's showing us, is not only do we have a special messenger, we have a special group of people mentioned. And they're called saints. Now, whatever you think about yourself personally and practically, what God thinks about you, if you are a child of God, you are a saint. Now, a saint is not someone in a certain, you know, liturgical, uh, religious persuasion where certain statues, you know, they pray to saints. See, in the, in the mind of God, saints are not select special people. Saints of God are all God's people. Everyone's a saint. In other words, if, if someone's been saved for 50 years, God sees them as a saint. If someone gets saved last week, they're a saint also because all of God's people are his special people and are his consecrated ones. Can hear an amen. You need to stop saying what the devil says about you, and we need to begin to say what God says about us. We are the saints of God. We are the consecrated ones. We have been consecrated. We are in this world, but we're not of this world. Listen, we've been consecrated to to be gods and gods alone. Come on, amen? And notice these saints, now we're in Mesquite, Texas. Some of you are in Forney, Texas. 
Some of you are in Dallas, Texas watching. Some of you are in Seagullville, Texas. Some of you are in Garland. Some of you are other places. I saw a guy the other day watching our live stream from the Philippines. Someone else is watching from, from uh, the promised land, Alabama. Somebody said, where are you from? I'm from L.A. Oh, you're from L.A., California. No, no, L.A., lower Alabama. So, we're, But here it says that the saints, now this is important. Listen, if you're listening, say amen. Come on. We're saying amen here. I can almost hear you there if you say it loud enough. Listen, at Ephesus, the saints at Ephesus. Ephesus was a commercial center of the day. Uh, Ephesus was an incredibly wicked city. It was immoral. It was idolatrous. But yet these saints were at Ephesus. But notice the designation. There are people that are faithful, loyal, and steadfast. Do you realize we can live for God amongst corona plague? We can live for God right now. We can live for God. Yeah, oh, it's getting dark. Well, we're going to shine brighter. Why? We're the saints. Come on. We're the, we're the anointed ones. We're, we're the children of the Lord that share his presence. Come on. Paul said we are the special people. We're his special people. We're called to live for God. And we can live for God. This will be on your screen. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Look at this. We can live for God. This is our call. We're saints. We're saints. We're set apart. We're set apart. Now notice this. He says in Romans 12 and 1, I appeal to you, therefore, brethren, and I beg you in view of all the mercies of God. Now, that means this. In view of all the mercies of God is really about Passion Week. Look at what Jesus did for you. Look at the stripes he took on his back. Look at the nails in his hands. Look at, look at what he did. Look at the suffering that he went through for our sake. Look at the mercy of God. Look at the extent that the Lord went to get us as a part of his family to redeem us, save us. And then he says, here should be, here should be the response, church. He says, to make a decisive dedication of your bodies, presenting all your members and faculties as a living sacrifice, holy, devoted, consecrated, and well-pleasing to God, which is your reasonable, rational, intelligent service and spiritual worship. I mean, uh, in light of all that Jesus has done during Passion Week and, during, and, and on the cross, in all light of his love and his mercy and his grace, it's only reasonable that we give ourselves to him more completely and fully every day. And notice this. Now, this is a word for us. Verse two, do not be conformed to this world, the age, this age. Notice, fashioned and adapted to its external superficial customs. It's amazing, you know, how instead of taking our cue from the Holy Spirit, how much worldliness there is in the church. We're not to be led by Wall Street or, or Madison Avenue. We're not to let, be led by what the fashions or the philosophies of L.A. or anyone. We're to be led by the Spirit of the Lord. We're to be led by the Spirit of God. We are God's special people. We are God's consecrated ones. We've been called out to be a light in a dark world. We're not to be a part of this system. We're in the world physically, but we're not of the world. We're of the Spirit of God. We're part of the family of God. We're new creations in Christ Jesus. And he said, he said don't be fashioned to all those customs, but be transformed, changed 
by the entire, now notice this, by the entire renewal of your mind, by its, by its ideals and new attitudes. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's good right there. So, uh, Holy Ghost did good there, didn't he? We need to be, we need to be renewed in our mind. Well, I'm going to say it again. Turn off the news. Get in the word of God. See what God says about our world. I know it's bad right now. It's going to get better and it may get worse again, you know, in 10 years. I don't, I can't predict all that. But what I can tell you is that we're part of something more wonderful and greater. That's going to outlast coronavirus. It's going to outlast the downturn in the economy. We're going to move on beyond that. And one day we're going to stand in the very presence of God eternally. Get your mind settled on the hope that's beyond all this. Now, I would say this, hope beyond even this temporal to blessing in this world, but blessing eternally. Then it says, so that you may prove for yourself what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in, the sight, in his sight for you. I'm telling you, we're God's special people. Glory to God. Look at, look at something else. Look at Ephesians 1 and verse 2. Paul gives a special request, and I think it needs to be our request right now. Look at this. Ephesians 1 and 2. Amplified says, May God's grace, God's unmerited favor, and spiritual peace, notice, which means peace with God, and harmony, unity, and undisturbedness be yours from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul makes, Paul the special messenger talks to God's special people, the saints and consecrated ones, and he says, here is a special request that I have for you, and that request is for grace and for peace. You say, what is grace? Grace is the favor of God. Grace is the blessing of God. Grace is is what we need to sustain us during this season. We need the great, listen, the, the corona can't outmatch the grace of God. Nothing can outmatch the grace of God. God can not only add his blessing to us, he can multiply the grace of God to us. See, the grace of God is greater than our sin. You say, Pastor, I've been, I sinned this week. Well, let me tell you, God's grace and his love and mercy and forgiveness is greater than your sin. You ought to hear an amen there. God's grace is greater than our lack. He'll make all grace abound toward us. He'll supply. He'll send the ravens if he needs to. His grace is greater. His grace is greater than all of our weaknesses. God's grace, Paul said, I'm, I'm, I'm weak, but he said, I'm going to glory in my weakness because in my weakness, the grace of God is magnified and in weakness, I'm made strong. We need grace. But then he said this, he, we need peace. We need, and this is in the, in the text, in the, in the Amplified, it says spiritual peace. It's not just, see, because there's a peace the world gives that it doesn't, it, it's, not, it's not God's peace. Jesus said, my peace I give you, not as the world gives. So the world has a counterfeit peace. And, and the counterfeit peace of the world is this. It's the peace that when everything is going well, you can have peace. When Corona's not around, you can have peace. When the stock market drops 10,000 points, or doesn't drop 10,000 points, you can have the world's peace only when the stock market goes up. You can have peace, the world's peace, that is, when, when everything is well, the waters are calm. That's not spiritual peace. Spiritual peace is awesome peace. 
It's stronger than the storm, stronger than the depression, stronger than the heartaches. It's stronger than those things that are blowing against us. It's spiritual peace. Notice in the Amplified it says, peace with God. That's the peace that we have with God. No, no one, this world can't give you peace with God. Only the Jesus that we serve can give you peace with God. Are you hearing that? This world can't give you peace with God. There's people that are looking for peace. And I tell you, I felt this. I felt this this week. I feel like there's a lot of people today in our world. They do not know Jesus Christ. They do not know where peace is. And so now they're smoking weed. And they're smoking more weed than they've ever smoked. They're going to the liquor cabinet and they're, 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 they're drinking the whiskey or the rum or whatever. They're, 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 they're looking for something to bring them peace. Some, some people are binging, are binging on Netflix. And, and, and all it is is a, is a distraction. Netflix, 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 Netflix. They're binging on Netflix. And they're, and they're trying to use it as a distraction. Listen, Netflix will not bring the peace of God to you and I. Won't do it, won't do it. We need it. There's only one place to find the spiritual peace of God and that's in the presence of God. And God's, the, the blood of Jesus is what brings us peace and the spirit of the Lord. Notice it says, peace with God, harmony. Now listen, I was reading through this and I thought, this is not just, Paul's not writing Ephesians to just one saint sitting somewhere in, the, in Ephesus. He's writing to the whole church. This is to all of us, the whole church. We can have peace with God. We can have harmony. We can have unity. We can, I love this, undisturbedness. Undisturbedness. We don't have to be disturbed by all this. Glory to God. We don't have to be shaken. Listen, we don't have a spirit of panic. We don't have a spirit of fear. The Lord is with us. The peace of God is greater. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Now look at, look at Isaiah 26 and verse 3. I highlighted this this morning. Isaiah 26 verse 3. Notice this. Now notice what we're talking about. We're talking about the special blessings. We got a special messenger, Paul. We got a special group of people, you and I, the saints, who's writing to. And he has this special request. Grace, the grace of God, the matchless grace of God, and the peace of God. I want you to walk in this. Now remember this before I read Isaiah 26.3. Don't be like me. Don't be like me having a golf net that was purchased. It was in proximity. I could reach it. I could get it. It was in my garage. And yet it was still packed up. See, the grace of God is spoken of on the pages of his word. The grace of God can be tangible and visible and, and reachable to you. And the peace of God, unpack it today. Come on, church, let's unpack it today. Unpack the grace of God. Open it up by faith. Trust God today. This is a great verse. Isaiah 26, verse 3 in the Amplified says, you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace. Whose, now notice this, whose mind, both its inclination and its character, is stayed on you. Because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Now I noticed uh, in this translation, I noticed as I read this, I noticed it mentions here, it mentions here in the little 
amplified words, both its inclination and its character. Do you know why? Do you know why many of God's people, listen, many of God's people who, whose names are emblazoned on the Lamb's book of life, they're saved. They're, if they were to die today, they'd go to heaven. But they don't have the peace of God. Here's the reason why. It has to do with where our mind is. It's ha- it's, it's, it has to do with what we fed into our spirits. Notice what it says here again. Notice it says in this little verse, whose peace, constant peace, whose mind, both its inclination and its character. I wrote in my notes here, holy thoughts and faith thoughts. Notice its inclination and its inclination and its character. So in other words, what your thoughts are inclined to and what are the character of your thoughts will depend on your peace. You cannot set your thoughts on unholy things and, and, and have the peace of God. The peace of God is in the paths of holy thoughts and righteous thoughts and good thoughts. Someone was sharing with me this week, someone not a part of our church, but someone that has, uh, has their minds on very ungodly things. And I can tell you, that brings turmoil righteousness and peace go together if you want peaceful thoughts think about the holiness of God think about the holy things of God don't feed your heart unholy things but also if you're going to have the peace of God you're going to have to feed your mind the faith thoughts of the word of God you're going to have to meditate on stories like Jesus multiplying the loaves Jesus walking on the water Jesus opened the blinded eyes Jesus caught Jesus disrupting funerals like he did at Nain for the widow. Jesus speaking to Lazarus, come out of the tomb, come forth, and he came forth. If you will feed your heart and your mind on those things, you will walk because your, your mind and the inclinations of your mind will be on the holy and the wonderful faith-filled thoughts of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Now let me hurry here. Let me hurry here. Here's another special thing that Paul unpacks for us. In verse 3, look at this, chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, look on the screen. It says, may blessing, praise, laudation, and eulogy be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah, who has blessed us, notice, notice past tense, notice past tense, come on, say amen, everyone, past tense, in other words, it's in the garage, it's just still boxed up has blessed us in Christ with every, uh, every, spiritual, every spiritual given by the Holy Spirit blessing. And notice that, blessing in the heavenly realms. So what this is in verse three, church, is this. This is God, pra- this is Paul praising God. This is Paul saying there needs to be some special praise to God during this time. I, I, listen, I'm a compassionate person. I weep when I hear that someone passed away. I know there's needs. But listen, I've heard enough of this. We know what's going on. We don't need a, we don't need a PhD in physics to know what's going on. We don't need to be a scientist to know what's going on. Everyone knows what's going on. But, but I want to I get our thoughts higher. Why don't we begin to praise God that, that, that God is in, in control? Come on. I tell you this, the Lord deserves our praise today. 
He deserves our highest praise. We can call it praise during the plague. Come on, amen, guys. We're gonna praise during the plague. We're gonna praise God. We're gonna bless God. We're gonna worship God. Listen, the, uh, listen we should not have to be begged. No preacher should have to beg you to praise the Lord. Sister Stephanie and our worship team do such a wonderful job. They should never have to say, okay, saints, lift your hands. Okay, saints, stand. Okay, saints, do this and do that. We sound like, you know, like we're, we're having to be choreographed. No, no, no. We should, we should come with praise. It sh- listen, it should be our defaults because of all that God has done for us. Think about it. This is Palm Sunday. Jesus entered Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. He died on the cross on a Friday, raised up for our justification. No one's gonna have to beg this preacher to praise God. No one's gonna have to, have to coax me and pump me up. Listen, I wanna be the head of the band. I wanna get in front of the band and say, bless the Lord, his mercy endures forever. Praise him today, no matter what you're feeling. Praise him. Now, I got to hurry. Paul talks, and I'm going to list these pretty quickly here. Paul talks about the special blessings. Now think what pastor's saying to you today. We got a special messenger, Paul. We got a special group of people, the consecrated saints of God. He's got a special request for grace and peace. And he calls us to special praise. And then he's going to tell us why. I want to list some of these special blessings, and I hope that you will get excited about these as excited as I am, more excited than I am about these incredible blessings of the Lord. Now, let me tell you, these are paid for blessings. These are blessings that we need to unpack, get them out of the garage, get them out of the box, and let's by faith walk in these today. The first blessing is election. Verse four, look at verse four, Ephesians 1, 4. Even as in his love, he chose us. That's the doctrine of election. He, notice this. He actually picked us out for himself as his own. In Christ, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy, consecrated, set apart for him, and blameless in his sight, even above reproach, before him in love. That means that the Lord handpicked you and I. He selected us. I don't know if you're ever back in school and you didn't get picked. You know, in other words, you were always the last one. Maybe you weren't athletic and you were the last one. And they said, okay, you know, little Jimmy, come on. We'll just let you be a part of this. No, I'm going to tell you, the Lord picked you out first. And, and he, he elected us. And notice what it says about the elect. It, now listen, the elect are God's specially chosen people. Do you realize that before the creation of the world, God had already picked you and I out to be his sons and daughters? What do we know about God's chosen people, God's elect in this age? What we know, number one, is they're justified. It says in the text, they're going to be blameless before him. Every elect person is blameless. You say, Pastor, I don't feel blameless. There again, not about feelings. This is not about feelings. This is about what God has declared. Here's the glorious good news. Here's why we ought to be praising God, that no matter matter who you are, no matter what sin has been a part of your past, no matter how wretched you and I have lived in our past, the moment we say yes to Jesus Christ, The moment we say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, be my savior. I believe you died. I believe you rose again. Forgive my sin. Forgive my wickedness. Make me your child. At at that very moment, you are declared righteous. 
You are declared blameless. The blood, what, what Jesus did 2,000 years ago, the, at that moment, you go to the garage, you unpack the blessing, and you start living in it. Your sins are washed away. Hallelujah. Gone forever. Stop letting the devil torment you with what you were in your past. That's not what you are anymore. That's not how God sees you anymore. You are a child of God. Your sins are gone, gone, gone. And you've been declared righteous. No condemnation. No condemnation. No condemnation. Oh, glory to God. If he, Romans, I won't read it for time's sake, but Romans says, who can bring a charge against God's elect? The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. I'm going to say it three times. The devil is a liar. He's an accuser. He's the accuser of the brethren. But his accusations will not stick upon us. Why? Because we have been declared righteous. Our sin debt has been paid eternally. And we are washed. And we are justified. And we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah to God. Let me take a little break here. <laughs> Amen. Notice also, we've been adopted. Notice what he says. Verse 5, for he foreordained us, destined us, planned in love for us to be adopted, revealed as, as his own children through Jesus Christ. I hope that's on the page there. You've been, not only have you been declared righteous, if you've said yes to Jesus, you're declared righteous. All those sins are gone, but not just that. See, listen how awesome God's love is. God could have just said, God could have just said, okay, let's think about it this way. You step up to the bar of the judgment of God. You step up before God. God could have just said, okay, well, your sin has been paid, go away. He didn't do that. He said, I'm gonna, he said to you, the judge of the world, the judge of the universe says, you're, you're not only declared righteous and your sins are gone, but I want to take you home to my house and I want to make you my child." You've been adopted. He's the, listen, he's not ashamed of us. You and I are children of God. And notice, notice this third thing that his, his elect, we have a calling of God. Listen, we've been justified. We've been adopted. We are the children of God. Just think about that for a moment. Think about it. How much do we love our children? When we think about our children, we, well, listen, we get, there's just this love that billows up in us. That's not even a fraction of the love that billows up in the heart of God toward his sanctified ones, his people. This is why he went to Passion Week. This is why he, he went to the cross. We're adopted, but we, we have a calling in verse six. Notice Ephesians 1, 6, so that we might be to the praise and the commendation of his glorious grace. That means this, we're called to glorify him. We're called to honor him. Listen, we're not, our old life was a life of selfishness and sin. That's not part of our life. You're new. You have a higher calling. You're called to glorify and serve God every day of your life. That's your calling, to bring honor and glory for what God has done in his awesome grace. Colossians talks about how that everything in word and deed do all to the glory of God. You've been elected. You've been elected. Verse 7 says, you've been redeemed. You've been redeemed. That means this, that, that Jesus shed his blood and he bought you. You don't belong to yourself anymore. In fact, you don't have anything that's yours, really. 
You have nothing. Your, your body's not yours. Your time is not yours. Your money's not yours. Your car is not yours. You own nothing. You, everything belongs to God. You belong to God. Everything is to be surrendered to him. Why? You have been redeemed. And let me tell you about Jesus. Isn't he a wonderful master? That devil was a hard taskmaster. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Everyone following Jesus, rather everyone following the devil today, everyone serving in his kingdom, we ought to feel sorry for them. But when Jesus purchases us and brings us part of his great flock, I want you to know he has a perfect plan. He has perfect care for you and I today. Praise the Lord. Now, I want you to unpack a little bit more of this on your own. I want you to, this is your assignment to this week, and that is, I want you to read Ephesians 1, the first chapters, 23 verses, filled gloriously with amazing truths. I'm going to listen, list these quickly as we get ready to conclude this. He mentions in verse 8, wisdom and understanding. You know what that means? That means practical, practical insights of how to live for God in this age, how to live for him. How to have a good marriage, how to spend your money, how to give your, how to serve him and honor him. Practical wisdom. Everything we need is in the practical, prudent wisdom of God is right here. And we need that wisdom right now during this time. We're dealing with a lot of stuff. Paul mentions the mystery in verse 9 and 10. Now here's the neat thing. The mystery has to do with the climax of the age. Some of you are fearful today. Some of you are wondering how all of this is going to turn out. Some of you say, oh, I don't know how this is going to turn out. I, I do. I know how it's going to turn out for the church because I've read the mystery. The mystery, if you look at verse 10, it says he planned for the maturity of the times and the climax of the ages. Notice the climax of the ages to unify all things and to head them up, to consummate them in Christ, both things that are in heaven and things that are in earth. I declare to you that our future is this. I'm going to prophesy according to the word of God. Our future is this. We're going to move beyond Corona. We're going to move beyond this. And one day, this entirety of this world, things in heaven, things on earth, things under the earth, will be all under the lordship of Jesus Christ. Listen, our future's glorious. Our future's bright. Therefore, we can glory. We can glory in tribulation. We can glory in all this. Corona plagues are going on. We can glory in this. Economy's gone down. We can glory in this. Why? Because the church is moving beyond this. Amen. One day we'll stand in his great presence. Thank God. Verse, verse 13, verse 12, uh, 11 and 12 says, who works everything in agreement to the counsel of his design of his own will. Do you know you have a sovereign God? A sovereign God. You think Corona can stop God? Are you kidding me? Some people, you talk to some Christians and they're acting as if God has off his throne. Like somehow this has stopped God. Listen, he's, he's still the almighty. He's still the amazing creator of the world. He's still the head of the church. Glory to God. And what we need is verse 13 and 14. I'll conclude with that. If you would play Tory, please. Verse 13 and 14. What we need, you say, Pastor, what do we need right now? What we need is what Paul talked about in verse 13 and 14. He said, in him you also, who have heard the word of truth, the glad tidings, the glad tidings gospel of your salvation, and have believed in and adhered and relied on him, were stamped with the seal of, 
of the long-promised Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, the church has the stamp of authenticity on it. What's the, what's the stamp? Notice, what's the guarantee of it all? Look at verse 14. That, that spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance, the first fruits, the pledge, and the foretaste, the down payment of our heritage in anticipation of its full redemption, talking about the church, the full redemption of the church, and our acquiring complete possession of it to the praise of his glory. Do you know what our guarantee is? Our guarantee is the Holy Spirit. He's the guarantee. What do you think we're relying on here? You rely on your flesh, you'll never make it. You rely on this carnal world, you'll never make it. You rely on the government, you'll never make it. You rely on human opinion, you'll never make it. I'm relying on the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, I'm, re I'm relying on the Holy Spirit. We've been stamped with the Holy Spirit. What we need is power today. You share it. Well, I have the power. Do you? Do you? Do you really? How do I know? The Bible says you should re receive power after the Holy Spirit comes on you. So you may say you have the power, but if the Holy Spirit hasn't come on you, you don't have the power. See, how did it happen in, the, in Ephesus? How did the sealing take place in Ephesus? We know. We know, church. We know in Acts chapter, 10, Acts chapter 19. Paul went to Ephesus. He met about 12 guys there. And he said, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? What baptism were you baptized by? With? He said, they said, John's baptism. John said Messiah was coming. And so we were a part of John's baptism. So it was a baptism looking for Jesus, the coming Messiah. But church, remember what, listen, remember what John says. There's one coming whose shoe latchets I'm not worthy to unloose. When he comes, he will baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. I'm preached out of this microphone here. I'm coming loose at the seams. Come on. He said, I'll baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. The one who's coming, he's going to baptize you with fire. Holy Spirit and fire. And the Bible says, and it's really the only place we have indication that was rebaptism in water. He baptized those gentlemen in water at Ephesus. This is how the move of God started. This is how the church started in Ephesus. Twelve guys in a private Bible study. Twelve guys with Paul. And the Bible says that Paul laid hands on them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak with tongues and prophesied. They were sealed with the Holy Spirit. What we need right now is a fresh anointing of the Spirit of the Lord. And I'm going to pray for it today. I'm going to pray for a special anointing of the Holy Spirit today. We need a new fire. We need a touch of God in this hour. We, we, the church can't be the church without the mighty power of the Holy Spirit of God. I pray. Let's pray right now for the mighty outpouring of His Spirit. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray for a fire to go through these airwaves, so these, these, this, this video feed, that in the name of Jesus Christ, that right there where your people are in 
kitchens and in living rooms and in cars and on phones and on iPads and at computers and on TV screens. In the name of Jesus, I pray the fire of the Holy Spirit would fill our souls. And in the middle of what's going on in our nation, we would rise up with preaching power and miracle power and signs and wonders following the preaching of your word. Father, I pray that Trinity Life Church would be anointed with the fires of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that these mighty gifts of the Holy Spirit would be proliferated in this church. I pray that everyone of the sound of my voice would be baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. I pray that you would be full of God's encouragement today. I pray that you would do what Paul told Timothy. Stir up the gift of God that is within you through the lying hold of my hands. Stir up those embers with praise and with prayer right now. Father, we thank you today. We thank you that Jesus, our Lord, rode into Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. On this Palm Sunday, crucified on a Friday, we think. Nails in his hands and his feet. Placed his body in the tomb. But on the third day, he rose. And Lord, you spoke to me this week, Father. Holy Spirit, you spoke to me just like I had forgotten a blessing already paid for. Many of your children are wishing this and wishing that, and you want me to tell them, you already have it. You have it. You have the blessing of God. You have the victory of God. You have the grace of God with you. Open it up by faith. Rip open the package and enjoy it. It's Holy Spirit-given gifts. Holy Spirit-given blessings. Thank you, Father. Lord, we bless you. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we glorify you. Praise his name. Praise his name. We praise your name. We worship you. Lord, sometimes we want to love you so much that we just have to break into prayer language because our, our, our native tongue fails us because we want to give you our highest praise. And we bless you and we worship you today. Hallelujah to Lamb. Today, as we conclude this service, let me remind you that every day we have placed a devotional in your Passion Week at home bag. And uh, also we have some extras. If you have friends or maybe someone in your family that would like an extra one, we want to get rid of every one of these. We want to join together every week. I want your focus to be off the negative news. No, no, I'm not saying we put our head in the sand. Certainly not. But we need to get our focus on God. If what you're listening to and if what you're watching is diminishing your confidence in the word of God and bringing your spirit down and you're discouraged and you're pressed and you're heavy and you're negative, you need to shut those things off. And so what we've done is we provided every single day, there'll be a video devotional. Watch for it. Stephanie did such a great job on hers this morning. Watch that video devotional. There'll be another one tomorrow and then all the way through next Sunday. There's a video, uh, a video promo, that is. Then there's a, a card with the subject for the day. There's a scripture. There's a little commentary that we wrote down for you. I want you to focus on these things. Why? Here's the reason why. Don't be like me. I've got blessing. It's already paid for. And I wasn't enjoying it. But I'm going to tell you what. I may go home this afternoon and hit 100 golf balls and say, devil, take that. You know why? Because the Lord has blessed us. Amen. 
And so, Father, today, as we conclude this time, I pray the blessing of the Lord on your people. Church, may the Lord bless you. And I say, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. The love of God. And the communion of the Holy Spirit. Be with you all. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you today.